Hey, welcome back to season six. Are we wrapping up? Season six. You have propelled us well into the future, my friend. Welcome back to episode six of season three. Is this, is this it? Back to the future. We're wrapping up another season. Another whole season. Wow, that's that's exciting. So this, this week, uh, we are talking about leveraging your senior pastor's gifts to multiply disciples. So putting the title out there, putting the big idea out there, because I learned that from Disciples Made. You got to put the big idea out there first. So let's do this. Um, Let's get into just a quick review like we do every week. Why are we doing this season, this series, this season? Let's go with that. Well, what's it called? It's called Your Small Groups Don't Need to Suck. Suck! I hate that word! Well, you named it. I did. Well, there were people influencing that decision that were beyond my control. That's true. A millennial had some uh, influence. A millennial, definitely. (laughs) She's the first person little miss hannah phipps was the first person to start using that word and i hated it and she did it anyway she's like dad it's not a bad word i'm a zillennial you're a zillennial okay well you're a young millennial and there you have it people i don't like the word i've been forced to learn to not avoid the word when it's appropriate and here's the deal research came out we've talked about it enough i won't go into detail where pastors were saying their small groups suck when it comes to multiplying disciples and we are saying it doesn't have to be that way doesn't have to be that way so that's what the whole series is all about that's why we're using such a provocative word all right you got that real quick review episodes one through five i think i can do it now do it i think i can knock this out episode one if you didn't listen to it the double click into the discipleship snapshot look at that i nailed it on the first shot the last time i did yeah so it's all about the research he and his team did go back check that one out second episode we're talking about the big pushbacks what about community that's our big question isn't adding enough well we're talking about multiplication so Episode three, invitations matter. Man, this is something that we talk about so much. Jesus leads the way in that. We don't just need his message. We need his methods. For sure. Invite in a way that groups are a step and not the destination. Yep. Episode four, the difference between training small group leaders and discipling them. That was so a big one. It's Yeah, it's not just about training them all the time and hoping everything is successful. We want to make disciples. We're discipling at every level. Episode five, we just came from this episode two weeks ago, building a successful coaching structure. And if you've never thought about that, man, that one is packed with the blueprint. Go listen to that Mm. and begin to dream about what Jesus wants to do in your faith community with that. So today we're talking specifically about the role of the senior pastor. So leaders in the building the group system so today we're talking about that that was like i just read straight through and i had to come back so today we are talking specifically about the role of the senior pastor or senior leaders and what is their role in building the group system so this is uh is critical but the question really that i want to offer to you is like how critical is their role in building a successful small group system Brian, they're absolutely core critical, mm. core critical. And and let me give you a couple of uh, ways that they're so core 
in this effort. And we're going to come back to these on several occasions throughout this episode. So first, they're the trusted voice. People are there primarily to hear that person teach. That person shapes their life. That person encourages them. That person is the authority figure in their life. This, I'm not trying to be heretical with this, but that person is the icon of what a Christian should be. Yeah, the structure is set up that way. The structure is set up that way. So they're the trusted voice. They're grandpa. They're papa. They're the one that we trust with our lives. And if they're not leading the invitation, it's just going to be hard. I remember over and over again, if the pastor doesn't make the invite, people won't come. And I've experienced that firsthand. They're the chief storytellers. If they're not telling stories of life change that happens in groups, it's going to be hard. They are the ones that set the church priorities, budget-wise, time-wise, what happens in programming on the weekends wise. And if they don't prioritize the promotion and the the financing of it and all those things, it's just going to be hard. And lastly, these, these key leaders, they influence with their life more than they do with their words. And if they're not in a group and they're not telling the stories of their own group, it just will be very, 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 you know, and, and, and everybody on the call feels it. Right. They know that it's true. If they have the support of that leader, they're flying. If they don't, they're hurting. It rises and falls on that person's role in this effort. Yeah. When you said that piece about telling stories, I was like, yeah, it's important. I was thinking it's really important to tell stories. If he doesn't say it, I'm going to come back around and say it. It's important (laughs) that they tell their own story. Yes. This one thing to cast vision and communicate, ah, this, this is happening in this small group and this is happening. Let me tell you the story about so-and-so. But if it's not really coming from the overflow of their own story, eventually it's just not believable. Yeah. To some degree. But what you said as well, um, about that tension that people might be feeling as they're listening. I just sort of had that prompting of if you're in that spot where you're not supported and you're feeling some of the tension right now with, you know, your teeth are might be coming together and your hand is tightening up a little bit. If you're listening in the car, it's squeezing the steering wheel and you're like, I can't wait to send this one to my senior pastor. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> Take a deep breath, please step back. And, and, and you know what? Be, just begin to pray for them, uh, that there would be an invitation. Um, don't, don't send them this episode maybe right away, you know, but maybe just step into a different sort of uh, place where you're, you're praying that their hearts would be softened to how you can partner together. And I, I'm sure Brian, you're going to get into this later, but oh, yeah, this episode's for you, not them. Yeah. Yeah. It's for you. Yeah. Gonna and, help and you win with them, man, you had like we had the best experience in so many ways at Westside. I mean, we had a, a senior leader who's telling his story. Oh, man. And who is, you know, just saying, go, go, go. I'm behind you. So, Oh, man. He, he, he cleared a spot for me to fly. Dan Sutherland is his name. He's been a friend for 18 years now. Dan was in a group. He told stories about his group and his message. It was huge. 
Um, he did several other things too. He set the priority. He led the executive team in establishing big rocks. And a lot of the big rocks early on were, we're going to increase group participation by a certain percent. So that forces the, the, the priority question. I loved it. I brought the host strategy to him when I first got there. He offered some tweaks to it, and then he made sure it was supported by the weekend programming team and the communications team and all that. It's like, man, I didn't have to fight for those things. Dan even said this, Brian. You probably remember him saying it. He's like, he would get up on stage and in a sermon, and he would say, if you only have one hour for God per week, prioritize being in a group. Ooh. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, do that before you come here. Like <laughs> yeah. if you, if you weren't gripping the wheel real hard earlier, you're gripping it real hard now going, <laughs> how do I get him? How do I get him? But listen to this. He would go even further in that. He would say, my church is my small group. Mm-hmm. My small group is my church. This worship time, he would say this about the Sunday morning experiences. Yeah, yeah. This worship time is a collection of many little churches. Uh, the last thing that he would do is he would join me in leading the Get Connected experience. Our, that was our 101 orientation type of thing. He would actually join me in the first segment of that, which was a huge commitment. And he would basically put his hand on my shoulder and say, this is my guy to help you grow. He was all about building the group's ministry. Yeah, if anybody has that gift to breathe life into you, for sure, Dan Sutherland is it. But there it is. But uh, but. I'm going to ask you to uh, maybe open up a little bit of, you know, you had a great run. Yep. But you also experience challenges. So it's like, it's not all sunshine and daisies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We don't want to be the kind of podcast that kind of creates a reality that you never are able to hit. I mean, our deep burden is to give you a crazy reality that we've somehow tapped into and invite you to come with us. If you, don't, you haven't heard that in all of our podcasts, we've missed the point. And, uh, and we're going to get better at it, but it's true. This, uh, I had like, <laughs> what's that? you know, I was at, at Westside for nine years and man, seven of them were awesome. Mm. And the last two were more challenging. Dan's health, um, got him to a point where he was unable to lead as much. And, uh, or his, he, he was, he was, wasn't able to stay as laser focused as he was right in a way that I just described. And without that leadership, typical things happen. You're probably familiar with these things. Every department wants that promotion time. Mm. You want, you know, we got youth events, we got kids events, we got women's events and men's events and singles events. We have all this other stuff. Uh, and, and small groups can be a way that people get funneled into all of those things. But every department comes up with its own rocks and its own ideas. And now we want it to be promoted in the communications. We want to be promoted in the weekend uh, services. And if you want to be an effective communication process in a church, especially a larger church, that requires limited announcements. And so either priority can rule the day or equity can rule the day. And what happened at Westside was that equity became the goal. We had to be fair across the departments instead of being uh, having a strategy that would help all 
departments win. So we kind of diversified the beam, so to speak. And with the equity came less promotion for groups with less promotion for groups became less groups, less new groups required a lot of innovation and as much innovation as we tried, we could never catch back up to when we had that lead pastor uh, doing the blocking and tackling and making sure that space was created for us to win. Man, that's, that's so good. So when I, going back to what I was saying earlier, if you're like, if you're, if you're driving, I just assume everybody's driving when they listen to a podcast. (laughs) I'm on the treadmill typically when I listen to If you're cutting the grass, maybe, I don't know. Um, whatever, whatever you're doing, um, if you're in that place where you kind of have some of that tension rising up again, like let Jesus diffuse that right now. Hmm. That's, that's not from Jesus. He doesn't want tension and frustration towards another believer. He wants unity and the fullness of the body. But there are some people who are listening who are probably experiencing little or even no support from their senior leader. Yeah. And, you know, what, what's next for them? I mean, obviously I suggested just start praying into them, like yeah. pray Jesus breaks that into them, but you know, get into the practical stuff. Yeah. Well, I, prayer is the most practical. That sounded terrible. <laughs> That's not, cut that out. Someone cut that no, out. No, leave it in because it's true. I mean, we do think that I need to get practical instead of just praying about it, but really. Okay. Way to prayer, shame me. Way to prayer, shame me. No, 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 no. You did the right thing. I left it out. <laughs> But here, let me say it this way, okay? If let's let's assume that you're the pastor for a minute, and you're somehow what listening to this podcast. I hope you see. I hope you hear and somehow see how critical you are. You are the voice that leads to groups, and groups are the way that lead to being disciples that make disciples. You're the one that told us in the data that you're saying they don't work. Well, guess what? You're the one that's ultimately responsible for them working. And now you know how you can help them work. You can be in the group and model it with your own life. You can tell stories from that group. You can tell stories of others groups. You can prioritize it in the budget and in the communications and in the weekend programming. You can create that space. You can make small groups that vehicle through which people go from the weekend service into groups and then into the different demographic breakouts like youth and you know students and children and all these other things. It's possible to do and it's on you to do it. You can't accomplish what you want to accomplish. I believe you want to see disciples that make disciples. If you go back to uh, episode one, Doug Paul ends that research by saying 80 something percent, like 89%, if I'm going off memory of you saying, making sure that you multiply disciples this year is your top priority. Well, you can't accomplish that great commission with teaching alone, but you sure can leverage that teaching to do it. Okay. And so keep with this episode and keep with these practices, make that adjustment this year. Now, if this is you, if you're the small group person and you're the one thinking about that pastor, I just talked to again, <laughs> don't send this on to them until you, unless you have a really strong relationship. Right, right. Right. And if you do perhaps, okay. But if it's you, I've listed the ways that they uh, need to help promote it, prioritize it, story it, et cetera. The key idea for me, uh, in my experience, is to discover what that person's real passion is, and you'll discover that passion through their repeated language. What are yeah. the things that they say over and over and over again? 
Hopefully it's the same as the church mission. Mm -hmm. If they establish the mission, it probably is. Regardless, try to get time with them and share how the next season of groups is going to help them accomplish the Great Commission in their language. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So repeat back to them what you're hearing repeat from them. Back, exactly. Thank you for making it succinct. In other words, uh, share how you want to help them win. Uh, I had a guy that I worked with one time and he was committed to the phrase, we want to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And I would come back and I would say, here's how groups this semester are going to help us do that. And he'd go, oh, really? Yeah. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, we're going to help them simplify their life. We're going to help them get deeper into the Word with 40 days in the Word. It wasn't we're going to do this curriculum. It was we're going to help them accomplish this thing. And for whatever reason, that would help. And I would have their buy-in for that thing. But it was almost like you have to kind of recognize what makes their heart beat and then slide your effort in to help them accomplish the things that they're passionate about. And then you grab their passion and they help you accomplish that part of the mission. If this part is difficult to accomplish directly, then share stories of life change along their passion in current groups to, uh, in order to fuel their passion for it. If they're passionate about fully devoted followers of Jesus, tell them stories about people who made a particular personal sacrifice to actually do that, to demonstrate that you're winning in the things that they find the most important. Because if you're helping them succeed, they'll help you succeed and figure out a way to do it. You can't sit back and just be frustrated and angry about their lack of support. You don't have that option. Mm, I'm going to say that again. You don't have that option. You signed up to do a job and you signed up for more than that. You actually signed up to actually change lives. You need that person's support to do it. Here's a way to do it. Go for it. If you haven't read the book leading from the second chair, by Bonham and Patterson, go grab that book and it'll give you that posture and a lot of strategies similar to this to best partner with people that are in leadership positions above you in order to accomplish these goals that we're talking about on this episode of the podcast. Can can I offer uh, just like one really practical idea on that? Offer two. Okay. The first one would be prayer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice see, catch dude. i just needed to redeem myself on that the second would be just in what you're talking about uh, of sharing the stories is you know to have a, a a sit down a meeting and say hey give me your your sermons coming up over mm. the next three months six months yeah. and and just say like I, i'm gonna look through these the big ideas if you if you're if your church plans that far out e even if you're one or two weeks out just like if you're building that coaching structure, ask your coaches to always be grabbing stories and write them out in like 90 seconds, mm. you know, paragraphs that are about 90 seconds long uh, when you read them, that sort of thing. And just like slide those across. Here's the big idea from this story. Mm. Here's uh, the names. Like here's a, a succinct, succinct, concise way of telling this story. Just, man, that's a huge help for you know, these leaders as they're writing these messages every week and they want to contextualize the mission. They want to talk about how this church is winning yeah. just to serve them in that way. And the more you serve in that way, the more it's going to soften their hearts to the work that is being done and yeah. the way you're pouring your life out into that. Brian, that's so good. You know, it, it, the practical advice I gave 
I probably didn't come across with that servant heart. It could have been taken as kind of more manipulative or whatnot. And I hope that that wasn't the case because that's not what we're trying to do. And I, and what you said there, help me see it. Um, if you've never been the senior leader in a church, particularly a big church, um, your perception of how they view themselves is probably not completely in sync with how they view themselves. Mm. It's a lonely spot. It's a difficult spot. It's a challenging spot. Uh, they, there's a temptation when you're in that role to view people as staff instead of people staff that they're responsible for. They feel pressures that you don't know, uh, anything about yet. And here's the reason I'm saying that it's not to try to make us feel guilty or anything like that. It's just simply to say, if anybody comes along and tries to be their partner and tries to help them win, instead of getting something from them, that will be most likely something that's new, something that's unusual and something that's very valuable. You know, go from being your uh, a critic of your pastor's lack of passion for small groups to, I want to be my pastor's biggest champion. Mm. I want to help them win at what they signed up for. And they're probably losing in that battle in their own mind. And you can be there to help them support them. So thanks for kind of bringing that edge back to it. Yeah, for sure. So this is it. This, and we're, we're wrapping another massive season I know, of the Disciples Made podcast. But I hope that it's been really helpful along the way because this is addressing a question that so many leaders are thinking about. And maybe you didn't take part in that survey, but you go, I'm in that 43%. That's definitely us. Yeah. So where do we go, man? How do we end this thing? How do we land the plane? Well, I want to start by putting a vision out there because I'd love for Doug and Catapult to do uh, the same research again in about 10 years and go 94% of the pastors are just jazzed at how, how much small groups are kicking it in uh, jazz hands, jazz hands are uh, kicking it and making disciples, multiplying disciples. That's just cool. But let's take it back here to the title. Um, your small groups, if you have people in them, are winning at something. They are working at something. That's why people are there. People vote with their feet. And if they're there, they value it. If I was you, I would ask them why they keep coming because the answers will be quite telling. So recognize how they're winning. It probably has something to do around community. The people are there because they've made friends there. They've got support there. They have that community. But start to think of them not just as community, but community as a early step in the disciple multiplication process. Yeah. Choose to disciple the small group leaders since they're the ones that are impacting the others. And we have a solid recruitment plan for that. If you uh, have subscribed to Followers Made uh, or, or to our, uh, our, all of our tools, you get, one, you get all the tools for one subscription, right? And if you have that, you actually have training on how to recruit people. Light bulb plan, starting with prayer. There you go, Brian. Starts with prayer. So we're uh, keeping. I redeemed again. myself on that. <laughs> oh, you didn't. You're the one. I'm the one that needed to redeem myself. But we've got a recruitment plan to help you choose which small group leaders to invest in and how to invest in them in a way that impacts others. Choose coaches from among those that you disciple and just keep the cycle going. It's not hard. What I found was that uh, back in 2010, when I had that crisis moment of multiplication, I thought that I had to work a lot harder. And guess what? For a year and a half, I did. 
I had to add disciple making to my full-time job of running the church. And that sounds horrible to come out of my mouth, but that's the reality of it. But I did it. And in year two, my load was a lot lighter than it was in year one. In year three, my load was exponentially lighter. I'm now hiring people that have come through these things to do part-time roles within Yeah, why are we even paying you anymore, Brian? Uh, That's what it came to. (laughs) I got to completely block and tackle. My entire team was built of followers made and leaders made graduates. Yeah, yeah. And they were the best people. We were on the same page operating. We had such uh, incredible loyalty and team love and joy. We still have a text thread going to this day. Yeah. Three years after our official professional relationship ended, we still have hang time. Mm, that's so good that's pretty crazy but that's what you get when you disciple people that's my hope you'll just start discipling people very intentionally with our tools and a way to help you exponentially multiply disciples leveraging your small group system to do that they do not need to suck they can make the enemy suck wind (laughs) (laughs) i tried to be clever did you like plan that from episode one you're like i'm gonna bring that in i was thinking it like i gotta wrap this thing with (laughs) some type of punchy thing i'm not that good i'm not dan southern i know these people are quick on their feet but you nailed it all right well it's time to start looking forward to what's next on the disciples made podcast and we're going to have another bonus episode little deal coming up and it's all going to be about you it's all about your questions and answering your questions. We'll do five weeks in a row, and they're going to be shorter. They're going to be the bonus episode stuff, but we want to know what's on your mind. If you look back over our three seasons, we talked. We just wrapped up this one season on uh, making small groups work. You probably have questions. We want to address those questions. We want to help you win. So send those in to podcast, no S, podcast at disciplesmade.com. Season two was all about COVID and the five shifts we got to make to uh, shore up our ministry practices. In season one, we talked about the IDE. In the bonus seasons, we had some fun talking about Disciples Made's history and how she was developed and how she got to this point. And the second bonus season was all about relationships with marketplace folks and church leaders. Between any of those regular seasons or bonus seasons, there had to be something that stuck out to you. And we would love to take your questions and answer them directly. Please send those in. Podcast at DisciplesMade.com. We hope that what you heard today was an encouragement to you or that it increased your curiosity in making disciples that make disciples. If you'd like to learn more about our experiences or set up a coaching call, you can visit us at disciplesmade.com or email podcast at disciplesmade.com.